Something is bubbling among women today. Women crave honest stories that entertain, motivate, and move them. Women want reinforcement that they are not alone in feeling the way that they do and that they can feel good about their prospects. Stories and Strategies for Women podcast will share riveting stories about amazing women. I'm your host, Claudine Walk. A good story well told is powerful. A good story can motivate. A good story can inspire action. We are excited to welcome a new sponsor. Thriftbooks.com is a cool way for you to buy your favorite books. If you're like me, you want a book in your hands when you read, or maybe you simply want to buy your favorite books to place on your shelf, but you don't want to pay full price. Thriftbooks has the answer. Search used books at their online site, thriftbooks.com. Books are reasonably priced, plus each purchase adds credits to your account, which you can apply to future purchases in their Reading Rewards program. You may even have enough credit for a free book. The nicest part is that you don't have to keep track. Thriftbooks keeps track for you and lets you know right at the point of purchase that credits are available for your use to apply on the spot. There's a link to thriftbooks.com in the show notes. Or click the ad on my website, ClaudineWalk.com. Who needs to be transported, like right now? This upcoming episode is a quick excerpt from an interview I did with author and fashion interviewer Tish Jett. This gal is so cool, and she sat with me in season one and talked about the fashion designers that she'd been able to interview, as well as some celebrities. Her own story is quite amazing. She was writing as a fashion journalist in the States and took a job in France with her daughter. It changed her life, which is cool enough, but then she met the love of her life. Maybe someday I'll bug her to do an interview about him. But today's episode is about taking a break and having some fun, being transported. I'll play the original introduction that I gave for Tish and the excerpt where she dishes on some of the famous fashion designers and celebrities that she had the opportunity to interview. By the way, Tish has published two books. One is Forever Chic and the second is Living Forever Chic. Tish is currently a contributor to a magazine called My French Country Home. It is the one magazine that I subscribe to, and it's a fun escape with amazing pictures of places and things in France, as well as cool products and books. I am having the best fun with it. Without further ado, here is the interview with Tish Jett. Her entire interview can be heard in Episode 7, titled No Regrets. With us today is Tish Jett. Tish is a longtime fashion journalist who has worked for the New York Daily News, the Detroit Free Press, Women's Wear Daily, W, the Chicago Tribune, and the International Herald Tribune in Paris, where she eventually became the last editor of American Elle in Paris before the magazine moved definitively to New York. She's the author of a blog, A Femme d'Un Certain Age, at tishjet.com, that's two T's, the author of Forever Chic and Living Forever Chic, and she lives in France. Welcome, Tish. Thank you so much, Claudine. So excited. lovely as usual to be with you. (laughs) (laughs) So excited to have you. I wanted to ask you, as you you started your 
time in France as a journalist, and I imagine you've met some amazing people. Um, would you like to share some details on some of the fashion designers that you've met and interviewed? I will. Absolutely. And thank you for mentioning my books. That's very kind. First of all, I'm, I must say that I had been coming over to France for several years before moving here. And that's why I probably should have prefaced everything with that. That's why I wasn't completely uncomfortable or completely terrified about moving here. Because for many years, I'd been coming, been sent over by the publications where I worked. I'd been sent over to cover the ready-to-wear and the haute couture collections. So I was familiar with the scene. I was familiar with the people and the whole atmosphere. So I wasn't totally terrified to come over here. Okay, so some of the people I've met. And interviewed. Uh, we're talking about French designers now, right? Oh, whoever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've interviewed Yves Saint Laurent, but always when his partner Pierre Berger was with us, and it was um, it was an okay interview. That's all I can say. He he's a very Pierre Berger was a very very difficult man, and Yves Saint Laurent was a very sweet, shy man, and of course he did magnificent clothes. He was, he was a true artist. I interviewed Angaro, utterly charming. Sonia Riquiel, interesting. Pierre Cardin, eh, not the most fun person in the whole wide world. <laughs> Chantal Tama and Karl Lagerfeld, who is perhaps in the fashion business, the most fun, the mo I interviewed him several, several, several times and had been, to his, had been to his apartment in Paris and his apartment in, in Monaco. And he, is just, because he was funny, he was irreverent, he was, am I allowed to say bitchy? You sure are. <laughs> bitchy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> after I say it, you know, after I say it, then ask you if, I, if it's okay. Is it okay if I say, oh, <laughs> yes. Anyway, he was the best interview ever because... He never said the same things over and over again. He, he was just wonderful, and he knew everyone. He was such a gossip. It was absolutely divine. Did he have, like, a theory on fashion? Was something that he lived by, words that he lived Don't by look personally? Back. Don't look Don't back. Look back. Okay. Don't ever look back. And I think it was his philosophy for life. Just keep on, keep on looking forward. And, of course, his aesthetic sense in every in every way, decoration, bouquets, every single solitary thing. I um, love the cologne, the men's cologne that he had out. I remember that. The, which one? Egoist? Egoist? I no, don't remember. I think, well, the, the one I remember was from the 80s, and I think it just had his name on it. I don't know that it had – it was called Lagerfeld, huh. from what I remember. Oh, uh, I wonder whether that was before he was at Chanel. Probably. Yes. Probably. But I because do he, he was he, – he, of course – and of course, I don't think the man ever slept. He, he was working on so many labels. He worked with Fendi. He worked with who else? His own labels. And then, and then he had this kind of demogra demo demo democracy feeling. <laughs> Democratic. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Democratic approach to fashion. I remember once I was in New York and he had just done a collection, a small collection for H&M. The people were lined up for blocks and blocks and blocks to get his mini collection at H&M. Mm. He was very democratic about the way he saw fashion. Obviously, he did haute couture, which is 
can be a, a gown from Haute Couture, can be the price of a car or a first-year <laughs> first tuition at an Ivy League school, but he did. And then he would do just really well-designed, attractive things that you'd want to own for price points that anyone could, could reach, could right. go shopping and, and buy a, a wonderful T-shirt. I love that. Yes. And you find that that's a rarity in the fashion world. Well, it's less a rarity now because he said, okay, it's okay. You can do it. I did it. You can do it. It didn't tarnish my, my reputation in any way. And he would talk about this in interviews on television and in articles and French magazines. And I think he opened the way for others who realized, oh, if he can do it, I guess I can do it. Didn't hurt him. On the contrary, in fact. Right. Leader, trendsetter. Yes. And even though he was designing haute couture Chanel and ready-to-wear Chanel, he decided that I, I can do this too. And maybe, maybe it was a risk, but he, he was a risk taker. He didn't, I don't think he really cared. He just was doing his own thing and he didn't really care. And everything he touched pretty much, pretty much was a success. And you mentioned that he was, he loved to share stories, gossip, anything real good that you can share? <laughs> I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think, I don't know now, but some of the right. things he would say, he would say, this is entre nous, you don't repeat this, but I don't really ever know whether he meant that, but I certainly never wrote any gossip that he told me, but right. it was just fun within the context uh, of an interview. And then he, there was a moment when he got angry with, which is, which is kind of contradictory, but I suppose maybe brilliant people can be full of contradictions as well. But I know that he had a moment. First of all, he had Inez de la Fersange would be, was a star model for him. And then she did something that he thought was too mainstream and he got angry with her and they broke off for a while. But then at the end, they repaired their, their relationship. So, but he could, he would, he would also, he would also for reasons, I have no idea what the reasons were, but he would cut people off. And that hmm. was the end of it. For whatever reason, he judged them for that they did something that he thought was untoward. And that was it. Got it. Were there particular subjects in your interviews with him that he was pretty excited about? He was an enthusiastic person. He was enthusiastic about everything he was doing. And he would, in, the, in an interview, he might be just, he, I would ask for him to explain something or say, or ask him what he's doing. And he might just pick up a pen and just sketch and then just hand it over to me. Oh, I used wow. to have sketches of his. Unfortunately, I don't know where they are now. I oh my goodness, they could be worth them. money. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Actually, I gave a couple of them away to someone I was working with at the Herald Tribune. No regrets. That's it. No regrets. That's one, what happens. One must, yep. we, must not ha- we must not have any regrets. That's yes. one reason why I moved to France. <laughs> exactly. That is so true. I'm, I'm, I'm Not to get off topic, but I'm hearing that. From a lot of interviews that I do, you know, fear is not a good reason to make any decision. Don't be fearful. Uh, yes, unless you know it's jumping off a bridge or something. Yes, I agree. Yes, neat. Okay, so <laughs> in your writing and as a journalist, you've also had the opportunity to meet many movie stars. Any surprises in those interviews? Uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I interviewed Sean Connery. Mm. which was perhaps the most unpleasant interview of my entire <laughs> career. Really? He was, he was aggressive, oh my unpleasant, goodness. Oh. Um, 
had a little bit too much to drink. Oh I, my goodness. And it was, it was very disappointing because you interview, I, I suppose we all expect if we meet and or interview someone we've seen on the screen or someone, or even a writer or, or, or an artist, any kind of an artist, we project our emotions or our hopes on them, hope that they are the way that they seem to be in a public way. And that's probably totally unfair, but we do it. I think it's a, I think it's human nature. And I suppose I had done that with him and it was a huge disappointment. That's all I could say. A oh, huge that's disappointment. a shame. I couldn't get away from him fast enough. Oh, geez. Were you interviewing him for fashion or for- No, no, the- no. For a film. A film. Okay, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is a shame. Yeah, well, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that important, but it was very disappointing, I must say. Yes. And how about how about other celebrities who turned out to be greater than you thought? Uh, Michael Caine was adorable. Mm. Um, who else was adorable? Let me see. Um, Sophia Loren was disappointing, but oh, it was no. just the, not, in the, not in the same sense as um, Sean Connery. She was just promoting something. She was promoting, I think, some kind of beauty product, actually. Mm. Or, or maybe it was the glasses she did for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it was something fashion-related. It was not film-related. And she, that's part of the contract of all these celebrities. They have to go out and promote whatever they're doing. And she just didn't want to be there. So right. we right. just went through a, a kind of banal interview, and that was that. And the, she made the poor public relations person who was with her, because there's always a public relations person with them, not with Sean Connery, mind you, but normally to keep things under control. And the poor public relations person was beside herself. I'll bet. I'll bet. And you know what? I, I've met a few um, celebrities and it's, you can see that some of them have just had it with it. And you, yes. get, you get it. Like, oh, you know, that's a lot. It's a lot to have to turn on all the time. And that often, but for Michael Caine, you said there was a difference. Michael Caine was absolutely adorable, exquisite. He was sweet as could be. But the thing is, the way I look at interviews, when you're working for a publication or a a news organization, a journalist like me, for example, is interviewing, I'm interviewing a celebrity or a designer or someone who's in the cosmetic business, the beauty business or something like that. On their side, they're doing their job. On my side, I'm doing my job. So I think that both of us are in this to do the best job we can. And I think that the minimum one can expect is politesse, <laughs> is to be correct, to have good manners. That's what that's that's the minimum. Mm, I see. I think your I think your um, accent is just great. Polit politesse. <laughs> what is that? Pol- is that? Pol- politesse. Pol- 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 polite. Politesse. Politesse. Mm-hmm. Nice. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. So maybe the idea is, you know, don't book as many interviews if you're not going to be participating properly. Exactly. So leave it up to the company or for whom for whomever they're working and work with your public relations marketing people. And if they feel that, that that's enough, then stop. Yes. Yes. And you told me a little a bit about Jack Nicholson. You said he was terrific. Uh, oh, yeah. Nice. Utterly charming. Utterly nice. charming. Said, how about having dinner? And I said, oh, I can't. I've got to go home. <laughs> He's such a dog. Yeah, he is. Oh, my he truly goodness. is. Oh, but my he is. But he is, he's utterly charming. And yes. you can see how people would say, oh, okay, let's go have dinner. 
but but right. it, but it was, it was fun. It was he was it was a great interview. He was fun, and I'm glad I, I'm glad I had an interview with him. It was great. That's amazing. That's just, oh, wow to meet all those people. What an amazing career. And you're you're now a contributing columnist for the magazine My French Country Home. I'm wondering, yes. is that a, a magazine that you can get in the states? It is. You can you can get it online, an mm-hmm. online subscription or a paper, a, a hard copy subscription, or you can get it at Barnes and Noble. Nice. Yeah. Ooh, I'm it's a check that beautiful, out. beautiful, beautiful magazine. Nice. It truly, truly is. And um, my BFF, Sharon Santoni, it's her magazine, and she has managed to find all kinds of secrets. It's not, it's, you feel when you look at this magazine, and I feel this after all these years, you feel, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's a surprise. That's really gorgeous. Things like that. You discover things that you didn't know. Even the most dedicated Francophile will find something new in this magazine and certainly something beautiful. In terms of genre, how would you describe it? It's, I write about fashion from time to time in my column. Not always. Uh, My last three articles, my last three columns, the one coming up is about Emily in Paris. That's January, February. The one that's out right now is about Christmas gifts and how to give Christmas gifts and how to special things that you can do when you can't see people because of the COVID. That's the issue that's out right now. The one that's coming out in January, February, I did a piece about Emily in Paris, whether it's a cliche or not a cliche. I didn't find it to be a cliche, although it's a silly, there are a lot of cliches in it. Well, you'll see if you read the, if you read the, and that's a Netflix show. That's a Netflix show. Yes. And it got criticism on both sides of the Atlantic of being full of cliches and ridicule and ridiculous and things like that. Then Then the next column I did is on fashion and how it's changing and what, where we're going to be in our desires and our mindsets after we come out of the COVID, uh, I was going to say crisis pandemic. And then the most recent one is painting Paris, which is about women who, women artists who paint Paris. So then in the other articles, it can be different parts of Paris, just honing in, not Paris, pardon me, France, going in really deeply into little secret areas and wonderful hotels and florists and food and decorating and setting tables and interviews with interesting people and gardens and every, every products, every single, and there, there are shopping pages, every single solitary thing you could imagine about France and all the wonderful things about France. And you tried to, and you did successfully bring a lot of what you had learned in France in your books. And as I, as I mentioned, every page to me, they're just gorgeous books. If you're a book nut like I am, like each (laughs) page, it's, it's almost, it's not laminated, but it's that gorgeous each page and the, oh, I could go on and on. They're my favorites. Um, But (laughs) you're adorable. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Oh, but really great job on those. And every detail, every tip could be so worthwhile because I think, you know, for women in the States, we tend to rush through our beauty routines in order to get to the next thing that we have to do. And after I read your books, I realized that women in France, 
take their, they enjoy that time. They, they like it. They're not rushing through it. They enjoy it. And when I heard that, I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take that on. I'm going to enjoy this time as time for myself. And it really made a difference for me. You did it? Yes. Good girl. I did. And I do. And sometimes it's the only chance, the only time for myself that I get. Mm -hmm. And um, so I love that the magazine, My French Country Home, also shares some of those, you know, those tips or those ideas or those beauty mentions. That's awesome. And not only that, the magazine is so pretty and the cover is so pretty. It's, mm. it's uh, coffee table worthy. Yes. I can't wait to get it. I cannot wait to get it. So tell <laughs> yes. me, do you prefer writing columns or writing books? Let me tell you what I like best of all. Best of all, I like interviewing people. Mm. Probably like you, Claudine, yes, actually. Exactly. Uh, I, I just so enjoy that because everyone has a story and everyone on the planet has got some interesting story in their lives. And that's, that's really what I love. Sometimes it's easy to write. Sometimes it's not easy to write at all. Mm-hmm. So it really, it really depends. But when you can interview someone and you hear the enthusiasm and you can kind of egg out a story that maybe they hadn't told or maybe they hadn't thought of it or maybe they hadn't thought it was as interesting as because it's their story. They hadn't thought, oh, that's, that's really interesting. But if you can get people to be, talk to you and get enthusiastic about what's going on in their lives, even the smallest thing. When, when I was interviewing these women about their paintings, it was just, it was just incredible. They talked about, they would go out with an idea in Paris one of them rides her bicycle with all of her watercolor equipment in, in the basket. And she has an idea in her head. And then she will see a light. She will see the way the light is playing or the color of the sky or people walking in the street. And all of a sudden, everything she'd planned for the day changed. And she sets up her easel and starts to paint. So every story is interesting. Right. Just how the creative process works for a person and I think when you share that, then someone else might think, oh, I have that too, you know, and maybe I'll use it where before I would have turned it off. Yes, but there are also people who think their life is banal. They think their life isn't interesting. They think their life is boring. And sometimes you have to help them discover that, no, no, it isn't. No one's life is boring. There are boring moments. There are, there are banal things you have to do. There are routines you have to do. There are disciplines you have to respect. But somewhere in everyone, there's a good story. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Yeah, I like that too. And I, I love learning new things and being inspired by what other people have been able to accomplish. And you certainly have accomplished so much. I hope you enjoyed that quick excerpt from my interview with Tish Jet. Feeling transported for the day? I hope so. I sometimes get the question, how do you meet the people you interview? Tish Jet is a great example of how when you simply ask, you can reap the reward. Years ago, when I was a book marketer, I was at Book Expo in New York. A colleague grabbed Tish Jet's book for me. Actually, it was a review copy of Forever Chic. I started reading it and I loved it. I reached out to Tish through email and shared my enthusiasm for the book. And for whatever reason, we struck up an email friendship. When I started broadcasting at WDVR Radio in New Jersey, I asked her for an interview, and the rest is history. It just goes to show you that if you simply ask, folks are more than likely to respond. 
I know I have a lot of aspiring authors in my audience. It's good to remember that even the famous are willing to pay it forward if you simply ask. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week on Stories and Strategies for Women. You're listening to Stories and Strategies for Women podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. Visit me at my website, ClaudineWalk.com. Drop me a note on Instagram at ClaudineWalk. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Thank you.